there are now fewer than 75 days to the U.S. presidential and congressional elections. Just, you know, in case you were bored with the investment environment as it was, here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbet. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matter as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of August 24th, 2020. And today, August 24th itself, marks 71 days until the election. And with the Democratic convention behind us and the Republican convention taking place as we speak, I think it's safe to say that the election will be top of mind from now until game day. I think you're right. And that makes it all the more important that we dispel a couple of common myths about the election and investing. Oh, myth busters. I like it. That's something I can get behind. So let's do it. I can see your title in flashing lights now, Robert Sarenbes, Mythbuster. <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is elections are really interesting, but they're also surrounded by uncertainty and drama and misunderstanding. And Therefore, the danger of getting off track of your investment goals. That's right. So we will get to potential asset class implications eventually uh, due to this particular election. But let's bust some myths to start. All right. Here's the story. In the last several weeks, we've received countless questions about elections, market volatility, market performance under any one political party, et cetera, et cetera. And so we took a deep dive. We examined 100 years worth of U.S. elections, including all of the presidential and the congressional elections, the ones that happen every two years, even when we're not voting for president, in order to test whether these questions or myths are true. And our top three most common myths include, number one, I should put 50% of my portfolio in cash over the next couple of months because of election volatility. Robert, tell us why this is a myth. Oh, where do I get started? Okay. There's some truth to the idea that elections bring about market volatility. Um, it's, you know, the headlines that can come out around elections can sway investor sentiment pretty significantly. And it can also cause a lot of uncertainty if markets don't know who's going to win. And markets don't like uncertainty, particularly when it comes to structural policy issues like regulation or taxes, both of which are on the docket for this election. That's a very good point. So there does tend to be volatility leading up to elections. And I should say that in that study of 100 years worth of elections, we found that market volatility does tend to increase. And fairly consistently so in the run-up to election day. And here's where the myth-busting comes in, though. That market volatility you just spoke to tends to resolve itself in short order after the election. Uh, so can I drop some facts on this one? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. First of all, market volatility isn't always negative. Sometimes market volatility is a good thing, and it can drive prices higher. In the last 23 presidential elections, 12 elections actually had positive return in the 90 days leading up to the election. The other half had negative returns. But if you take election years on the whole, the equity market return is 7.1%. That's a positive 7.1% return. 
on average over those 23 years? Well, what that tells me is that, yes, we'll likely experience some equity market volatility leading up to the election, but no, you shouldn't sell off your portfolio now, or at least not for only that reason. Exactly, exactly. And you said it yourself in a recent piece, Lauren, that you you put together, but I think the point is relevant here. Elections are notoriously difficult to predict and markets are difficult to time. So all that difficulty for many investors, staying invested is and sticking to your investment plan is the best course of action. All right, then myth number one, thoroughly busted. Nice. Myth number two is a fun one, as I see here, but it's meant to be a bit provocative. Ooh, exciting. Okay. The myth is politics matter for investing. Lauren, why don't you bust this one? All right. Well, I love this myth. Um, Politics matter for investing, but only to the extent that they impact real economic or market factors. So put another way, it's real policy change or the likelihood of real policy change that shapes the investment environment, not short-term political dynamics. Okay. So elections may matter for investing eventually, but they only matter to the extent that they actually make real policy change more likely. Exactly. And so investors should focus less on the ins and outs of politics that are bound to be in the news over the next couple of months and more on whether, one, any real policy changes are more likely, or two, whether those policy changes would actually impact companies or sectors or other investment factors. Got it. So I assume this is why there's been so much focus on taxes and healthcare policy or trade policy. Exactly, because those are some of the key issues at stake in this election, but it's easy to get carried away. Campaign promises may adapt over time because priorities change or because Congress can or can't or doesn't want to make that change. All kinds of reasons make it true that the policy debates over the next couple of months might not actually become real policy issues. Mm. What matters then is the real policy change and the duration of with which that policy needs to take place. I really like that framework because there's so much political news out there in an increasingly polarized society. It's really nice to have an anchor to fall back on. Thanks. Well, that brings us to myth number three then, which is a really juicy one. And the myth is a democratic sweep would be terrible for the markets. Uh, I think that we should caveat any answer to this question by saying that there are always risks to investing and election years are, are no exception. We already mentioned volatility in the 90 days leading up to the election. Very true, very true. And so it's important to say here that no matter who is in office it, as the president or Congress, there's always risk to investing. Over several years though, after an election, equities tend to move higher regardless of who is in the White House. And actually, equity markets are more balanced on political terms than one might expect, certainly more than we expected. So again, thinking back to that study of the last 100 years of elections, equity markets rose 9.1% per year, inclusive of inflations and dividends for the average presidency. 12% per year under a Democratic president and closer to 7% under a Republican president. So if you want to strip inflation and dividends, it's more like 5% under Democratic presidents per year and 4.2 per year under Republican presidents. That surprised me. Uh, Really what it means, though, is that equity markets tend to move higher no matter who's in the Oval Office. 
Yeah, it really surprised me as well. And I had to reframe it for myself even at first. It's not to say that Democrats are great for markets and Republicans are terrible or less good for markets. We're not making a political point here. And there's it doesn't really say much for investors about who's in the White House is just going to have a major impact on the markets. It's just really one factor to consider when positioning your portfolio. And it's a very small factor. There's likely bigger drivers. Exactly. And I hope what our listeners have learned here is that there's always more to the investment environment than just the election. COVID is a great example for 2020, but there's countless other things going on during most election years. And so the key for investors is focus on the factors that drive sustained portfolio change. More often than not, that doesn't include the short-term political quibbles. Okay, this is a perfect time for our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. We thought a lot about the potential policy changes that could come over the next several years and the impact that that would have on companies overall or for specific sectors and how to manage that in a portfolio. And for anyone particularly interested in those themes, check out our piece, which will be published this week that digs deeper into all of these topics. You will be able to find that piece and all of our views on nylinvestments.com forward slash blog, as I always say. But in the meantime, Can we share one investment idea from uh, this piece? I think the biggest issue here is for investors to stay invested. There's always risk to investing, and it's clear that the election might not drive any more volatility than COVID or Congress lack of fiscal support package or really any of the other important ongoing factors. Yeah. So for investors that are generally worried about market volatility, then you could consider an investment strategy that relies less on price appreciation to add value to a portfolio. A balanced product, for example, that looks to build income across asset classes, whether it's equity or fixed income, could be appropriate here. That's a really, really helpful point. And I think, again, some of those good investor behaviors around staying invested, uh, diversification are really useful. Uh, Since you brought that up, though, about building income, I'll mention just one of the interesting takeaways from our recent asset allocation piece. In 2012, right after President Obama was reelected, investors expected a tax hike. And so more than 1,100 companies paid a special dividend as a result of that expectation after the election. Isn't it crazy how quickly investors forget things like that? Like I even forgot about that. So just think if you pulled out of the market now, you might miss out on that income opportunity in the very near future when companies return cash to shareholders. Exactly. And of course, it's impossible to say whether history will repeat itself. But the message for investors is pretty clear. And it comes back to that first busted myth that we talked about in the episode. For many investors, staying invested and sticking to your plan may be the best approach to weathering this election storm. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you on social media just by reaching out on LinkedIn. And you can also follow our views, as I mentioned earlier in the show, at nylinvestments.com forward slash blog. Until then, I'm Robert Betts. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time.
Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.